I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Jen. And this is your Fruitful 15, where small changes in your daily habits can yield big results. So Sarah, let's talk about finding our why this time. I'm so so excited to cover this. Awesome. So tell me what's going on with you with regard to finding your why. I think you have a great story to share. Well, I hope so. Um, You know, it's a a beautiful sunny day here in Houston. Nice. Yeah. This morning I got up and I did this thing that I've been doing for the past month or so, which is writing in a gratitude journal. Oh, cool. Tell me about that. Yeah. So this journal, um, we should link it in our show notes. It's really neat. Um, you write in it in a, for a few minutes in the morning and then you write in it a few minutes in the evening. And uh, one of the prompts in the morning, um, aside from what are you grateful for today is also an affirmation. And so I've been putting in for the affirmation for weeks now, I am present. And then in the evening, I go back and I'm writing down what, what was good about today. And then I look at my affirmation and I think, was I present today? Oh, right. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure what I mean by that. And I'm not even sure why that's important to me. And it just, oh. I knew we were going to talk about finding your why. And I was like, man, what is finding your why, you know? I love it. That is the perfect lead into what we're talking about today. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. So let's talk about this concept of finding our why and why it might be perhaps the most important step in making sustainable behavioral change. You and I definitely think so. And the medical literature would support this as well. So tell me about your experience, maybe with say like a patient or a person you've coached, uh, finding their why and how it might help. Yeah, so I actually have a a really good example of this, um, or I think it's a good example. Right. Um, So I think we've all experienced this either as a patient, you go see your doctor and your doctor says, you need to eat better and exercise more. And then you go back three months later, six months later, you have the same conversation over and over again. Yes, that happens a lot. Yeah, or as like a clinician or a coach, you're seeing a patient, you're trying to engage them in behavioral change because that's what they've told you they really want, but you just over and over again, you're just not getting anywhere, really not helping them facilitate anything. Um, so I had, I was having that experience with a patient of mine. And then one day after, you know, a year she comes in and I could just tell she was different. Her energy was different. The way she was carrying her body was different. She was just really engaged, really there. Right. Yeah. Like the switch went on. Right. Yeah. And I, so I asked her, I started the session off, like I always do what's going well for you today. And she was like, you know, I started this Bible study and we're talking about taking care of your body and how that's important, especially with your relationship with God. And she just started telling me about it. And I could just tell that she had anchored down into this idea of her why. Nice. From there, it just, you know, there were still challenges, but it just got so much easier to frame all of the things we were talking about with respect to change. I love it. Yeah. It's so exciting when you see that light switch go on, right? Um, 
And, and we're just so people know, we're not saying that you need to find religion necessarily to, or spirituality to make behavioral changes, but this is just one of several kinds of categories that people's whys might fall into. Um, Sarah and I have both seen people um, who do get more connected to their faith and then might be more appreciative of their body and then be able to take better care of it and get grounded in that. I've also seen people who um, maybe get or start to really appreciate the importance of being present and being healthy for their family so they can participate and help care for their family better. Um, and then sometimes there there might be causes that people feel very drawn to and they want to be able to show up and be their best self to help, you know, with whatever kind of cause might, you know, appeal to them. Um, does that sound about right to you, Sarah? Yeah, it does. And I, I wanted to echo what you're saying that there are lots of different types of whys, although I do think you're right. They do tend to kind of fit into one of those categories and also say that sometimes people have multiple whys. Yes. Great point. You get the ding for that. (laughs) Yes. I love the ding. And, um, that can be really encouraging as a, as a patient because you feel, like you've got lots of reasons to make changes. And as a coach or a clinician, it's very encouraging because this person is multifaceted and they're plugged into a lot of support. Yes. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, Jen, do you have an example of a patient who connected with their why for, for, I think family reasons, right? Yes. Yep. And same thing. I saw that light switch go on and it's so rewarding, obviously for the person who's going through it, but for us as coaches or, you know, PAs too, it's great when that light goes on. Um, so I had a woman who had really struggled, like she really felt like she wanted to get healthier, but just felt like there were so many changes she wanted to make. She felt kind of overwhelmed. Like she wanted to do everything, you know, and really was having a hard time getting started. And so, you know, we, we talked about how finding your why is really going to be like your anchor, right? So um, the way I like to explain it is it's kind of like if you're writing a paper, right? I know when I was in high school, I would always try to write these papers without an outline. And my dad, would, who had, you know, had actually taught English at one point, would say, you know, you've got to get an outline before you just start writing or you're not going to know where you're going. And Um, and I think that's such great advice for finding your why too. Like if you don't have your why, if you don't have your outline or your anchor, it's just, you don't know what direction you're going to go in. It might be good. It might not be. Um, but once you find your why, then it'll kind of ground you and kind of act like a speed bump maybe to, uh, stand in the way of making decisions we don't want to make. So anyways, um, my why or my story with my patient with her why was that, She'd been struggling. She had type 2 diabetes. She was obese. She had high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, and she was just not really able to find her why very easily. Had thought about it for weeks, but just every time we'd meet, she would be like, uh, I tried to think about it, but it just didn't really come to me yet. And then she had an experience with her granddaughter who was quite young. And her granddaughter had said something like, you know, Grandma, will you be at my high school graduation? And this brought tears to her eyes because she started thinking that, you know, with the decisions that she was making, that maybe this wouldn't be a possibility. And that really got to her and really made her sad. And then she was able to realize that her why was really to be present and be part of her granddaughter's life. And then, you know, to, in the bigger sense, be more present in her family and be part of her family um, and all the activities that they wanted to do together. 
Um, and she also didn't want to be a burden to her family either. You know, she didn't want them to feel like they have to take care of her at a very early age, you know, because she could have, you know, been making better choices at this point in her life. So that was like her light switch and, you know, that put the fire under her and she was ready to go. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So, so it is, it's really neat when people find their why, but that's why we really encourage people to start with this step because that is the key to making sustainable change. Yeah. I think it can be really tempting um, to just dive into trying to make a change and saying right away, like, oh, I'm going to start walking 30 minutes every day, or I'm going to start going to the gym all the time. You know, as humans, we just kind of want to do, right? But it's important to sit for a minute with it and really think about, well, what is it about this change that's really important to me? Exactly. Yeah. Cause your willpower can take you through that for a little while. You'll be like, well, I committed to walking 30 minutes a day. I'm going to do it. But eventually, you know, something else will come up and then that goes away if we're not really anchored in that change. Yes. We need to be anchored down into it. That yes. is important. And your patient really demonstrate that once she found meaningful connection to who she wanted to be and what her values were, she was able to, to fill out that outline. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, that takes me back to my original struggle here of, of trying to find my why for this presence thing, right? Right. Yeah. And I have lots of whys. I have this uh, scaffolding called my 10 commitments, which maybe I'll uh, share when we talk about other aspects of coaching. But one of those commitments is being intentional Ooh. and I feel like I want to be intentional because I want to be, I want to, I want to have that with my family and my friends Yeah, present for them. And that's why it's important for me to be present. Ah, perfect. Oh, that was perfect. Full circle, Sarah. I like uh, how you did that. Do I get a ding? Can you I have a ding? so get a ding. Yes. Uh, dinging. I love it. Um, well, I know this is not just a struggle for us, Jen. Um, I thought maybe we had a, a caller, right? We sure do. Yeah. And I'm so excited that we already have calls and we love your calls. We're going to give you the number at the end of this podcast to call us some more. So here it is. Hi, Sharon, Jen. Thanks for taking my question. I really love the first episode of the Fruitful 15 and um, some of the information you gave really got me thinking about my intentions and kind of how I'm setting goals and wanted to ask, is there a wrong why? Thanks so much. Can't wait to hear your answer. Bye-bye. Ooh, great question. Mm, so good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as teachers, Jen, we, we hate, our students hate when we say things like this, like, well, there is no right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'll say yes and no. I think when our why is grounded in something that society or our partner or our doctor or, you know, our dog tells us we need to do it, um, when it feels like a should, S-H-O-U-D, somebody's shooting on us. <laughs> yes. Thank you telling, for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> They're telling us what to do instead of really connecting with what is important to us. I think that can be a version of a why that is much 
more difficult to engage with for a patient. Yes. Yes. Great point. And you also taught me something important about motivation and you used a great example um, about a wedding. And I thought maybe that would be applicable to a wrong and a right why as well. Yeah. So we were talking about the difference between internal and external motivation. And we all have this experience either in our personal lives or as clinicians where we say, well, I want to look really good for this wedding in May. So I'm going to eat X way and I'm going to be physically active in a Y way in order to look a certain way. Well, that's external motivation and external motivation can be powerful, but oftentimes not very long lasting. It doesn't stay with us. Whereas internal motivation is where we might say, well, I want to go to this wedding and I want to have a lot of energy and I want to um, feel really confident and I want to be really engaged with my family. That's internal motivation. It's more long lasting. It's more of that, what you said earlier, this anchor. It really, it really ties us to our values. And so we put a premium on internal motivation. We say, well, that's a better motivation than external motivation. But in reality, with behavioral change, external motivation is great to get you started, but you need to do the work to eventually get connected to that internal motivation as well. Love your answer. (laughs) Fabulous explanation. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, So I just wanted to run past you what I've, what my big takeaways are about this finding your why. Fantastic. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that uh, finding your why can provide you with that motivation and it can also act as, I love this that you said, it can act as a, a buffer or a speed bump between you and a behavior that may not be commensurate with your values. Yes. Yeah. So if you're, if you're standing in front of a decision and you're able to say, what would I do if I was my best self and your best self is connected to that why, I think that can be really helpful. Oh, I love that. Does my best self need to eat this box of donuts right now? Yeah, but you know what I was also thinking of when I was going through these takeaways is uh, how you can find your why. How do you know? Because sometimes that can be tricky, right? Yeah, that can be really tricky. Maybe we could give a few ideas for people to get started if they're having trouble. Yeah. What are your favorites? So I love to ask people what matters the most to them. Like what makes you jump out of bed in the morning? I know what it is for you, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's black and it's a liquid. (laughs) (laughs) And then after you have your coffee, then what else (laughs) is most important? Um, Another question that I think people could ask themselves to kind of start honing in on their why is to say, you know, what would happen if I make these changes? You know, what would my life look like if I, for example, um, was able to reverse my type two diabetes or, um, if I felt healthier, if I had more energy, what would my life look like? Um, conversely, you could ask, you know, what will happen if I don't make changes? So those are a few to get started. What, what questions do you like to use? I like to use the the 
like I said, where you're in front of a decision and you say to yourself, what would the version of me that I most want to be do in this situation? I love that. Yeah. And, and what does that mean in terms of what's important to me? Yes. Yeah. Super helpful. Yeah. Well, and I think that question also, you know, brings to mind painting a picture of this person that you really want to be. And yes. I, that is going to be something that we talk even more about in our next episode, which is on wellness visions. Yes. Good teaser there. I love it. In the meantime, uh, before, before our next episode, please call us with your questions or your comments. We love your feedback. Our number is 928-793-1353. Please check out our show notes. Um, And we also have an assignment for you, and that's to start working on finding your why. So just start jotting down ideas. And like Sarah said, try to paint that picture of who you really want to be, who your best self is. So thanks for letting us join your healthy journey. Yeah, and this has been your Fruitful 15, where you can change your life in just 15 minutes a day. 